Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up? Welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. It's Alex Terranova. As always, um, this looks terrible. This should not be in a live footage <laughs> video. Um, so we're live again on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube. And today was like a spur of the moment podcast we're doing. So obviously this podcast will be on the Dream Mason podcast on Spotify, on iTunes or music, whatever Apple calls it these days. Uh, but you can also obviously watch it here. Uh, I'm excited to share my guest with you um, for like two really big reasons. One, um, I want to talk before we even get started, just like in how I met this person. Um, when you say yes to things in life, cool shit happens. And if you think about it, like saying yes, opens doors, and we don't know what's behind those doors. And when you say yes, you open a door and you step through it. And then there's a whole nother series of doors. And when you keep saying yes, it's like more doors and more doors and more doors. And I think of those doors as possibility. When we say no, it's like we're closing the doors and sealing it off. And we only get what's available in that space. When I was younger, I always wanted options. So like friends would like hit me up and I'd be like, no, I don't want to make plans for the later this week because I didn't feel like I knew what I wanted to do later in the week. But then over time, friends stopped calling. And I remember my mom said to me once, well, like you always say no. So why would they keep calling? And I look back and I'm like, man, I was just shutting out possibility all the time. And the person I am and the person I'm committed to being is a person who's all about like, it doesn't mean you have to say yes to everything or that sometimes no is in service of yes, but it's about like opening those doors and saying yes to things that especially are confronting or scary or make you feel uncomfortable in service of like what's on the other side of it. So this all being said, um, if you follow, been following my journey on social media, you know, Facebook, uh, whatever, uh, Instagram, or even on this podcast, you've probably heard me talk about this Tulum adventure experiment. And if you haven't, I'll give you the short version, which is basically, um, I'm going to a wedding in October and, uh, this wedding has been moved because of COVID. I had invited three people. None of those relationships worked out. The wedding was supposed to be in 2020. So it's not like it just all happened really fast. Um, the airline went out of business. And now sitting here middle of 2021, nobody to go to Tulum with me for this wedding. And I really wanted to go with somebody. Um, me and my cousin and my friends created a, a, a basically a contest where we said, hey, let's throw it out there that we're going to give away a free trip to Tulum with me as a dating experiment. And uh, women can put themselves up to like, possibly want to go with me. Again, it started out as a joke. I really didn't think people would be like, yes, I want to go with you. I thought friends would be like, wait, just take me. And uh, it kind of blew up. And it blew up so much so that I was on the news in San Diego. It got shared with over like 50,000 people. And 
one of the things besides the fact this is this has been so much fun and we're like literally just generating and creating and creating one of the things that has already happened from this is our guest is somebody that i met through this experience and she had the courage and uh i don't know adventurous spirit to say like i want to go to tulum with, with you uh, <laughs> you can hear her you just heard her laugh um and she was her and i were dming and she had dm me about a video i posted online which was a, i saw a guy running and i was like man we come up with all these excuses to not work out to do all these things and there's this guy running with one leg and she responded something around like how health is the most important thing which i fully believe uh, if you don't have your health, you can't even take advantage of your freedom. If you don't have your health, your money doesn't matter. If you don't have your health, traveling doesn't matter. Nothing matters without your health. And then she shared with me that she had uh, shattered her spine in a freak accident in Costa Rica. And they told her that she might never walk again. And she's not only walking, but running and traveling and living like what I would just call her best life. And I was like, you got to come on this podcast and talk about it because... You, what you've overcome is way more intense and way more difficult and challenging than I think like a lot of us face, especially, you know, those of us using iPhones and Apple computers and living our best life here in America. Um, so let me introduce you to her and, uh, and let's get into this conversation. We're going to find out some interesting things. So welcome to the Dream Mason podcast, Brittany Frida. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. Quite yeah. an honor. <laughs> Thanks for doing this so spontaneously. Of course, of course. I also like you come from a place of yes. So I am very much like even if it scares me, even if it's terrifying, I'm going to say yes, because you just never know the friends that you're going to meet or the conversations or the people you're going to inspire. So I was like, might as well. I tell my story. I haven't done it before and except in a close group of friends. So I'm excited to share it with more people. Hopefully it helps someone. Thanks. I also want to tell people, like when I asked you, you were, you were yes, but you were also kind of like, this is not my comfort zone. Like, I'm not really like, I don't do interviews. It's not like your thing. Right. Um, but you also you kind of were like, yes, but like hesitant. And and my response was like, wait, you'd go to Tulum with me and you don't know me, but you won't do my podcast. And you were like, no, I'll do your podcast. Um, so thanks for saying yes to this, too. Um, I want to ask you, before we even get into like, why you're really here, why would you say yes? You don't know me. We've never met before. This is our first like actual face-to-face -face interaction. You could see me, whatever you found right. online, you could see the website, you saw whatever got posted. I don't even know how you found out about this whole <laughs> thing, but like, what would have you be like, yeah, I'll sign up and possibly go to Tulum with someone I don't know. So I actually found your link from my coworker. So a coworker sent it to me, ironically, and was like, oh, you were just in Tulum. This seems right up your alley. Like you love to travel. You like to do things. You like to meet new people. You're so social. And you're on, in the dating world. So here, why don't you go ahead and try this? And I was like reluctant at first. I was like, this is kind of weird. Like this is crazy. But I was like, you know what? <laughs> None of my other dating things have worked. So I might as well just try. So um, that's how I kind of found it, signed up. And I just read your like bio thing. I didn't even find your Instagram. A different friend actually found your Instagram and like tagged me in something. And then I was like, oh, my friends are just doing all this work to try to set me up. I might as well just keep going with this. So that's kind of how I 
found about, out about you and the Tulum experience and decided, you know what? I mean, what do I have to lose? So was it for a free trip to Tulum or was it because you were like, oh, this guy seems like I would go on a date with this guy? <laughs> it definitely was a I'd go on a date with this guy, like whether we're in Tulum or San Diego or wherever. It was very much like I I think my friends know like how much like I deserve like a good person in the past relationships I've been through. And so that's why so many of them were like, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this because they know the struggle has been real. <laughs> Well, I feel honored that they identify you all identified me as like a good option or a good, a good person. Um, what were you? So I've never got to ask people these questions before. So you get to be the first to answer. What were you like most concerned with? Like when you saw it all, was there anything that like jumped out as like it could be about me? Feel free to like say whatever. I'm not, you know, I, I would rather you just be honest. But like, was there anything that like jumped out as like, oh, I'm kind of concerned about something about this situation? I always am concerned anytime I date anyone or go on dates or like put myself out there. It's like, is the person a serial killer? I mean, I share my location with all of my friends. So I make sure that they know like who I'm going with, where I'm at, what I'm doing. So my only concern was just like, let me make sure he's not a serial killer. Let me make sure that um, he has a good, you know, people like base and friend base. And so that's why when I did the research and saw that you had all these different friends and you told a little bit about your friends too, that made me feel more confident of, okay, this is not some random guy just asking some random girl to come. Like there's a squad behind this. They're professionals. Like this is legit. You're not the only person to be curious if I was Dexter. Um, you know, like you're, that, that, that actually was a really common thing that people were like, uh, trip to random guy to Mexico. Yeah. Seems like how an episode of like CSI starts. Yeah. And, I thought I was going to be on the next episode of Dateline. Who knows? But. Yeah. Like totally fair. I totally get that. And then I was like, man, I would be the worst criminal ever if I was like creating this much publicity around <laughs> a murder that I was going to commit. Um, unless unless like, you're a psychopath because some psychopaths love to do that. So yeah. And maybe that was like the way I was going to get like famous, right. It would be right. like, I did all this and then I, yeah. So um, was there anything else that was it? Just the concern about like, I, I grew up with brothers, so I'm not afraid of like anything. I have five brothers. Oh, wow. So I feel, and they're like older. So I feel like I just grew up, fearless and kind of never afraid. And I always am like strategic and know that I can get myself out of any situation or I don't put myself in situations where I think I can't get out of it or I can't like have somewhat of control. Like if it really went terrible, I can fly myself out of there. Like I'm very good at kind of knowing my surroundings and realizing like I know how to fix a problem if I feel uncomfortable or feel like something like that arises. Would you have told your parents that you were going to Tulum with a guy you never met who you basically won a contest to go to Tulum with? Yeah. So I actually already had told them about it. And um, <laughs> my mom just she knows that's kind of my spirit. And I just kind of, you know, jump at opportunities. And she was like, go for it. Just make sure you have like I have your location and tell me where you're going to be. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I really want to, yeah. The other thing I thought of with people is like, I've thought of this for myself too, is like, imagine being there and being like, whoa, 12 days. And like on the first day you realize, oh, this is not, we're not vibing. Now we would, anyone who would win would get to meet me before it wouldn't be like, but it could feel like 
good. And then you get there and you're just like, oh, yeah. And I think that people have thought of that. And it's like, well, could you just hang out and be friends? I love your point of like, I could leave. Right. It's not half the stay. You're not signing a contract. I like to think I'm very social. Like I'm extremely social. I can get along with anybody. And so like I going into it was like, even if this is just a friend thing and I make a new friend out of this, this is great. Like I can pretty much adjust and I hate to get all like astrology on you, but I'm a Libra. So like Libras are very social and they're kind of people who are chameleons and can kind of go with whatever the situation they're kind of thrown into. So Mm. I think that I'm, I'm good at being around a lot of people, girls, guys, my friends, my guy friends who never have dates to weddings always take me to weddings. They're like, Oh my God, you're the perfect person. Cause I don't have to babysit you at a wedding. You can go talk to whoever you want. And you like, I trust you to have like good, intelligent, great conversations. So, I mean, I think that that going into it was like my thought, like, even if I gain a friend, it's still a great opportunity and it's, it's a fun, like networking kind of thing as well. <laughs> um, Silver linings. Now, is there, I'm going to give you an opportunity that no one else has really had, which is, is there anything, a lot of people when they were applying were like, Hey, these are all the questions they had for me. Right. But nobody's got me to answer any of those questions. Now, some people DM me and like said, certain things, but like nobody's really got me to answer. Is there any question that you're like, wait, I need an answer for, or that you think people should have an answer for? I think this is a long answer. So you probably don't even have time to answer this. But my whole question that I put on the form was just like, I want to know like what happened in your past relationship from a girl's perspective, like whoever the girl's perspective is. Cause I always think there's two sides to every story. hundred percent. So I always like to know like, what the other girl thinks happened to the downfall in your relationship, because we could hear your side all day long, but like, I, that's just my curiosity. Yeah. I mean, I, I hundred percent agree with you. I think in every situation, I often like to think of there's no, there actually is no such thing as truth because truth is just, it's, it's something that's truth is just a widely accepted experience or perspective. Right. But if that experience or perspective changes, then the truth changes. So. Yeah, I could tell you why those three relationships went the way they did, but you're I 100% agree that they would tell something different. Now I don't I would hope that they would be somewhat similar, right? Like it wouldn't be like, you know, a completely different like reality. Um but I I don't know that I can answer for them. Right. Um Yeah, cuz I have no idea what they would say. Um, yeah. I'm also a person of growth. So I love to hear like my exes tell me what's like wrong or where they felt the downfall was like, cause I like to grow personally, like yeah. myself. So it's like always fun to hear other people's perspectives that are different than yours on why things didn't work out or what. Happened. I mean, I can give you their numbers and you see what happens. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to feel about that. Maybe uh, it's a new podcast. We're going to turn it into Who knows? one of them for sure is not going to want to talk to you about. <laughs> um, so and I think that's mostly just like heartbreak, but like, yeah, she would probably be really upset if you called her. Uh, I'm sure so, she loves this experiment. I don't know if she, honestly, I don't know if she knows. She's like one of those, like you get cut off from every, like as soon as it's done, it's like, right. like everything is blocked and like, I don't want to see anything. Um, it's like a very like harsh, like ending. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. That was actually one of the first things when this started, like three days in, one of the first comments I got from somebody was like, oh my God, 
your exes must be so upset about this. And I was like, that's kind of fucked up. I didn't think about that. Like this wasn't a, and I may, and they might not even care. Right. Like I have no idea, but I was like, Ooh, the person that said that I was like, Ooh, that was like, (laughs) yeah. Well, I'm sure their friends have all gone into overtime, like sending them like, Oh my God, did you see that this is happening? Because trust me, girls are like that. We do that. We're like, Oh my God, did you see your ex did this? So that feels like I don't love that. Like, I don't ever want to make anyone feel like bad. And also I'm going to like live my life. Right. Right. Um, They're living theirs. I got to live mine. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's, um, is there anything else you think we should touch on about Tulum? Um, I don't think so. Okay. So I I love that this is how we met. Cause this is really like, we never, I've talked about this on the podcast a lot. Like we don't get to control outcomes, right? We don't get to control like, we don't say who we're going to fall in love with, or we don't say like how, what clients we're going to get, whatever that thing is. But we do get to, to create like the experience that we have. And so I said, I want to have a fun, adventurous experience. And maybe I would meet someone, maybe I won't. And in the saying, yes, it's like, I got to meet you. And so far, everything I know about you seems awesome. And you have this great inspirational story, which is like, maybe this is why we were supposed to meet. Maybe this was you know, like you were supposed to come here and teach me something and teach my the audience something. Um, so let's talk about like your, do you want to just tell us the story instead of me kind of like glossing it over for people? Yeah, sure. I'll try to make it kind of short at least just so everyone doesn't get too bored. But um, so basically I was going on a trip to Costa Rica for a friend's bachelorette party. Um, and so there was about like 12 of us going on this bachelorette party. And I only actually knew like two of the girls really well, because it was actually my ex-boyfriend's sister's friend. And I was like a last minute add-on. So I went on this trip, um, just really knowing her. And uh, we went on one of the excursions. It was the first like real day there. And we were going on an excursion, did the ATV ride up to the top of a mountain. And when we got to the top, everyone jumps down. That's kind of what they do. That's what everyone was doing. And so my friend jumps first and she's fine and good and everything. And then um, it's a 30 foot like cliff kind of thing. So you walk up and get up the mountain and then you go on top and then you jump. So I jump. And as soon as I hit the water, they tell you to go like a pencil. And so I go like a pencil, but I go flat footed instead of pointing my toes, which allegedly it's like hitting concrete when you do that had no idea, lived in Florida my whole life, had no idea water was this dangerous. Um, but I jumped in and I shattered my T12 vertebrae. And as soon as I hit the water, I just felt pain up my legs. So I felt like somebody was like stabbing me with a knife, like, like lightning bolts to my legs. Like I couldn't, all I felt was pain. And looking back now, I know it was nerve pain because of everything. But at the time I was just like, what's happening. I I was like panicked. And once you jump into any water, like you naturally kind of float up. Like anytime you jump, you float up. I didn't hit anything at the bottom, by the way, everybody always asks. So did you hit rocks? I'm like, no, it was just from the water. Um, but as, so I couldn't feel anything and I just started screaming. I can't feel my legs. And my friend who jumped in ahead of me was like, you're probably just panicked, comes over, swims, and grabs me and pulls me in, tells me to like kind of calm down. I kind of lost my breath. I think I was like having a mini panic or anxiety attack because I just like wasn't sure what was going on. And so then um, she kind of just held me in the water there and was like, 
trying to get me to move my legs and I couldn't. And then she was like, Oh, it's, it's fine. You're going to be fine. So then we had a couple of local random people in the water come and lift me up and pull me out of the water and sit me on the ground. And then you could just see like my ankles and my feet swelling up so bad. Like my shoes looked like they were going to burst. Cause I had shoes on. Cause remember I'm climbing up a mountain, like you couldn't do it barefoot. It's from a rope, like that's a vine and rocks. So I had to have shoes on. So then they go to take off my shoes and I was just in excruciating pain. So I had the worst pain that I've ever felt in my entire life. Every little like touch, every little movement. I, I could only move my toes like ever so slightly. Um, but everything else just hurt. I couldn't feel anything. Um, and it was a very scary, traumatic time, but you're going through so many things in your mind at that moment that like, you don't have time to think like, logically like, Oh, it's because I've shattered my vertebrae and a piece of that bone fragments in my spinal cord. And I'm paralyzed. Like you don't think about those things. You're just kind of trying to manage through the pain. So, um, one of the girls, um, was a nurse on the trip and she thought maybe I like pinched a nerve or something. And she's like, she needs to go to and get something checked out. So basically they took me on a golf cart and um, no one called like an EMT or anything. They just thought like, I'll be fine. Uh, in hindsight, I really probably should have called an ambulance to put me on a stretcher. But instead I go down the mountain and the mountain's like 45 minutes long that trip. So I go down this mountain on a golf cart and I'm kind of just like holding myself up like with my arms because I'm leaning over because it like helped alleviate some sort of pain. And so um, I'm going down the mountain, finally get down the mountain. Um, and I ended up, this is probably TMI and really gross, but I ended up like peeing myself and not realizing that I did it because obviously I couldn't feel anything waist down. Like I, I had no idea that it even happened. And it was the scariest and grossest thing of my life. But at that moment, I really didn't care. I was more worried about my legs and trying to feel them again. Um, so then they took me to a local, like, um, like urgent care kind of thing. Um, and so the urgent care did like an x-ray. And the nurse came in after the x-ray. I'll never forget it. And she was like, uh, do you believe in God? And I said, yeah. And she goes, I'm praying for you, Nina. And at that moment, I was like, I'm going to die. Like, this is it. This is where it ends. This is where I die. Like, I'm not going to survive this. So that was extremely scary. Luckily, my friend who was there, um, she ended up like being very, very good at calming me down and like trying to make sure I'm not panicking because she was the one after that comment who was like, Oh, you know, they couldn't see anything because these machines are kind of old and it, it wasn't great. The scan wasn't great. So they're going to have to take you to the, um, to the, the capital and they're going to have to trauma honk you just to get a better idea and a better scan of what's going on, but you're going to be fine. And now looking back and talking to her after the fact, it was because they told her at the the hospital or at the little clinic that I'm never going to walk again. I'm paralyzed. And my uh, spinal cord was cut off by 70%. And um, any kind of jarring movement from here on out could sever my spinal cord completely. So she, amazing that she's hearing this information and still trying to keep my spirits up and not 
panic me at all. Um, so God bless her. But so then she came with me on the plane. I got trauma hopped to the Capitol um, where uh, they did um, emergency surgery and it's called spinal stabilization surgery. And so they put rods and screws two above my T12 and two below my T12, um, to stabilize it and hopefully give me some type of quality of life was their hope. And they told me again that, yeah, your spinal cord is cut off by 70% and you're probably not going to walk ever again. And if you do, it might be in a year, but even then you're going to be so limited in your mobility. You won't be able to work out the way that you used to. You won't be able to do the things that you used to. And I growing up as a gymnast have always been like very active my entire life. Um, so that was just kind of like a punch in the gut, if you will, saying that I can't do all these things, all these active things that I'm used to doing on a daily basis. There's like so much, uh, there's like so much I want to say, and, um, I want to get into like the recovery. Um, I've jumped, I jumped off a, uh, I don't know how high 20, 30 feet in, uh, I was in Croatia and I had never, I'd never, I'd skydive, but I think that I feel like totally different thing. I was in Croatia and off the side of this, the wall in Dubrovnik, all these people were climbing up and jumping off. I'm guessing 20, 30 feet ish. And I, and I, remember sitting there and I was like, no way, I'm not doing that. And then as I watched people do it, I was like, come on, you're just scared. You got to like do things you're afraid of. And so I like quickly like took my clothes off, right? Like, and uh, climbed up to this peak. And I remember getting up there and I noticed on my way up, if, if the person in front of a group of people stopped and got scared and didn't do it, the whole group didn't do it. Right. But if, if somebody jumps, then the next person jumps and the next person jumps, right? Like it's totally a momentum thing. Um, and I remember jumping like the guy right before me went and then I just fall. I was just like, go. And I, and I remember like you had to just go. You couldn't think. Yeah. And it was it was way scarier than jumping out of a plane because you have no idea what's below you and you don't have a parachute or anything. And I did it right because everybody was doing it and nobody was hitting anything. So it felt safe. And I remember thinking, well, what if you like slipped and you hit you like didn't make it over right? What if you just had a freak accident like that? But nobody was like telling you even how to like land. Like, I don't know how I landed. Like I could have been like, I definitely did not land like a pencil. Um, <laughs> and I remember like, I felt it, like I felt the landing. It didn't feel like it, obviously nothing happened to me. I was totally fine and nothing happened to anyone else. Um, but as you're telling this, I'm like, Jesus, people do shit like this all the time. And no one's like, hey, don't go like a pencil. Make sure your feet are pointing down. Um, and it's kind of surprising that we don't hear about this more often like because people are doing it without any like instruction um i have had friends that have jumped and like hit rocks and like shattered their knees um but never to the extent of what you shared and i was like thinking as you were sharing of course your friends were like you're just panicked or like whatever because everybody's fine right like it's not like the, you know it's like a normal situation it seems like and also i'm thinking about how like in sports right if somebody hurts their neck or their back nobody moves them they cut their jerseys off they cut their helmet off and over here you're getting like dragged out of the water you're getting like pulled around you're getting like sat up yeah on a golf cart like not the best idea in hindsight all the everything. doctors are like how are you surviving and alive right now they're like the way that you moved like you came down on that golf cart should have just severed your spinal cord right there it's like, I have chills. Like, I'm like, it's like uncomfortable. Like, 
feeling it and being with it. Um, Funny story, it, actually, with the, with the reference to you cutting, how they're like, oh, yeah, you should cut their jerseys off and cut their things. So I, when I was in the hospital, so I really like traveling and I really like clothes, like clothes and fashion, my thing, right? So I had the cutest bathing suit on from um, a trip I went to in Italy. I, I saw this random boutique and I got this really cute bathing suit. And so when I was in the hospital, they go to cut my leggings and then they go to cut my bathing suit. And I go, no, 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 no. You're not allowed to cut my bathing suit. I just got this from Italy a couple months back and it's like amazing. And you can just untie it off the sides. Please don't just don't cut my bathing suit. So I still have that bathing suit to this day. Silver lining, you know, got to find the positives. Okay. So you, you're in the hospital, you have this terrifying experience i don't i mean there's no other words right and then when it like kind of settles right where you now you know that like hey you know what's happened to you you're still in costa rica did you i mean i can only imagine if it was me i think like i'm the kind of person that's like i'm not afraid to die like death doesn't scare me like that i'm fine with that i'm afraid of like being in a car accident like so, like something like what happened to you happens not the death piece and you know, I've thought about like, what if somebody told me I could like never walk again um, or some or, or anything, right? And there's a part of me that's like, I don't know how I would exist, right? And I think that's probably a common, right? You're taking something so fundamental away. What were those first like thoughts and experiences that you had when you were like, when that initial shot kind of like wore off? So I do remember having a conversation uh, because that year, especially I was on the go every month. I was in a different like country. Practically, I was traveling a ton. Um, I was about it was like I was 25 to 26 and I was just traveling the whole year. So I remember talking to a group of my coworkers at the time and saying how I'm not afraid to die if it means I'm doing the things I love. And if it's traveling and experiencing things like I've always said how I've experienced so many different cultures and countries and places in my life that even if I was doing something crazy and I, I died on a trip, like what better way to go out? You know, that was kind of always my mentality in my 20s, especially. Um, and just having that mentality of, you know, I've experienced so much of the world. I've, I've met people from all different walks of life. I was able to experience the world that some people never get to experience. Some people never travel outside the U S. So I was okay with that thought of, um, of like, if this is my time, this is my time. Um, but I will say the, the reality or thought of you being paralyzed at 25 years old, 26 years old is terrifying. Um, the dying part, not as much, ironically, but the the being paralyzed really kind of hit me. Um, at first, initially, I was like, absolutely not, because I'm also like, I guess a spiteful person. Like if someone tells me I, I can't do something or I'm not allowed to do it, like I love to do it. Like I'm just that kind of human. So I think the initial reaction or jerk reaction that I had was like, oh yeah, like you think I can't walk? Like I'm going to show you that I can walk. Like absolutely not. Again, growing up with brothers too, they always told me like, I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that. So then I had to work twice as hard to prove that like I could do that and I was good. Um, so I think that was my initial reaction. I don't think like the 
the scare factor of it all really set in until I was probably a month in to recovery. I think that's kind of more so when my mentality kind of started draining a little bit. Um, and I wasn't sleeping a lot. And I think when you don't sleep, like you get very irritable and it, like to all the moms out there who have kids who have babies and kids who they can't sleep at night. Like I feel you because I couldn't sleep because of the pain. And I was so irritable. The thoughts running through my head weren't sane at all. Um, I didn't want to live that way. I was definitely in a dark, dark place, like again, about a month in to recovery, just because you couldn't see the light of the end of the tunnel, right? So I'm not able to go to the bathroom by myself. I'm not able to get up in the middle of the night if I'm thirsty. I'm not able to do anything without help. So I am bedridden. I am literally restricted to a bed. Even if I tried to get up, like I couldn't. I can't even lay on the side. I have to lay with like on my back. I can't turn over in bed if I'm uncomfortable. So there was a lot of different like pain points and challenges that I just felt were never going to get better. Um, so I think that probably was when those fears and those feelings and those really bad trying thoughts kind of set in was more so into the recovery and not initially, because initially you're on all this medication. I was in on like morphine because they don't really have regulations for morphine over in Costa Rica. So like you're in the clouds, you're in like this blissful time where you're like, I'll be fine. It'll be great. Like there's videos of me talking about how I'm in a cloud clan. I don't even know what a cloud clan is, but I felt like I was like on cloud nine. And so I like was saying all these crazy weird things just because that's like what the drugs are fueling you. But then after all that wore, wore off, that's when those real hard hitting, challenging thoughts and feelings kind of came into play. Did you ever have any moments where you were like, I would rather be dead? Like where you actually like wanted to be dead instead of having to deal with it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that happened. Um, like probably this happened September. Actually, I'm coming on my five year mark on September 4th. But um, it happened around my birthday. So my birthday is September 27th. And so I remember on my birthday, my birthday has always been a big deal my entire life. Like I love my birthday. I go all out for my birthday. My friends know that they have to like stop everything they're doing and like spoil me on my birthday. It's just, I'm one of those people. So I remember on my birthday, just me feeling so defeated that I didn't even want to celebrate a birthday. Like I was like, you know what? Like I'm done. I can't do anything. I can't walk. I have this back brace. I have to walk with like a walker. If I try to walk, like what kind of life is this? Like what kind of quality of life? I can't drive. I won't be able to swim. I won't be able to do any of the things. And I'm a very independent and I like my freedom and I, I like to come and go a lot. So for me, that was the most challenging thing to face is like, I have to depend on someone for something. I have to depend on someone to take me out to dinner if I want to go out to dinner or to uh, bring me to a store or to do simple things, even to take a shower. Um, so that was a very hard pill to swallow. And thinking about if someone had to do that for me my entire life, I'm like, I'd rather not burden anyone. And I'd rather not live a miserable life. Like, I'd rather just leave this earth and be done with it. Because that's much better than being in this body and feeling stuck as a 26 year old trying to live her life. And I've only begun my life and it's, it's about to be ended from 
being paralyzed, you know? Yeah. What, um, so I'm, I can't speak for you. I, I, I strong, pretty strongly believe that like life happens for us or through us, not to us. Um, and that's not reality, right? That's a choice that I've made about how I want to see life. Um, if, if you saw life, like, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but if you see life from that place, like, what did you get from this? Like, what's the, obviously you're not paralyzed we haven't even got to like, you can walk, you run, you like, if you go to your social media, you, what it looks, you live a completely, you would never, when you told me this, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, there's nothing that would lead me to believe this. Um, what do you think like you learned or got, like, what's the, what was the blessing and the gift from this experience? Yeah. So I like to credit like my support system. And I think that I didn't realize um, how important people are, relationships are, your support system is until I truly like saw the support system that I had and that I needed. You know, as I said, I was like super independent and felt like I didn't need anyone and I can do everything myself. And then when this happened, it kind of brought me down to reality. Like, hey, this is your reality check. I also believe everything happens for a reason. I would do it all over again, just because the person that this experience made me as a human being, um, to just like really value my relationships with my friends and my family and the people around me. Um, that's what that taught me is to just really appreciate relationships to not let little things get you down. I don't stress about a lot anymore. I mean, there's so many perspective things that I have reevaluated in my life um, that I feel like I live a happier life now because I am so thankful and grateful. And I, I do every single day think about how I have stairs in my house and I'm like, thank you God for letting me walk up these stairs. Like these simple little things that a lot of people take for granted every single day. Um, I think that this experience put those things into perspective and made me learn how important those little like healthy things in my life that I have that a lot of people don't are so important as well as your relationships and your friendships and spending time with the people you love and, you know, being there for other people and being supportive to people. My friends will tell you, like, I am the most thoughtful human being because of that experience. I truly believe. You you answered like the next thing, which I wanted to know was like, how has it changed you? Cause I can't imagine it not changing you. Um, I'm like looking next for, you know, when you look at the world now and you look at like what people are challenged by or like what your friends are challenged by or your family is challenged by, like, I don't know about people listening to this or watching this, but sometimes like I think about myself and I like see the problems in the world and I'm like, stop fucking complaining. Like you have it so good. And it took me a really long time and I had to hear it from a lot of people that like, Hey, our challenges are not to be compared, right? Whatever you're dealing with is your challenge and it's not better or worse or easier or different than someone else's it's yours. But I do think it's, that's a very human like thing to do, right? Like, Oh, I have it so good. I shouldn't be complaining. Cause like, look what's happening in other parts of the world or, you know, just in parts of our cities. Um, how is it for you when like someone brings you a problem and you're like, in my head, I'm going to be like, dude, I fucking broke my back and I'm living a great life. Like stop whining about your, you know, like your job or your mean boss. Yeah. So I will say that is something I'm working on. Um, because 
I do kind of get a, a rep a little bit of being a little rough around the edges when it comes to those things, just because I have a hard time sympathizing with people who are like, woe is me and have these like problems that aren't really like problems in the world. Um, so that is something I'm working on is to learn to sympathize a little bit more because again, I've been through this huge challenge where I couldn't walk. I, at the time I was a teacher and they only give you six weeks off and you have to go back to work or you're kicked off their insurance. So like I had one of my friends, like time how long it took her to get from the parking lot to my classroom. And then every day I would work my way up to see if I could walk that amount of time um, so that I had a milestone so that in six weeks I would be able to, whether it was with a walker or a cane or something, I'd be able to go back to work because I had no other choice. Like I had to after six weeks, even though I still wasn't even really walking. Um, so that's just kind of some of the challenges I went through as well as finishing my master's degree. I was in my last semester of my master's degree in leadership and I had gone through this accident. So I wrote to the school asking if I could do everything online. Luckily they allowed me to, um, for the medical reasons. And so I was able to finish my master's degree at the same time. So again, I would like have zero sympathy for people, which has been my problem. Um, but my mom is very sympathetic and she has a lot of empathy for others. So I try to learn from her a lot still. Um, on, you know what, like your challenge was very difficult and you were lucky enough to, you know, be strong and come out of it. But, you know, some people to them, some of these challenges that they're going through in their life are big to them. So you have to put some things into perspective. Obviously, there's a fine line between like me and my boss got into it because, he thinks that I should do it one way and, you know, but I definitely learn not to sweat the small stuff and that there's so many more important things in life, but I do need to work on like my empathy a little bit more. So. Is what would you want? Like people, I, I mean, I'm taking so much away from you in the sense of like what we think our life, what we think we can't handle, we can handle, we can handle so much more than we think we can um, and not to like, I love that you're talking about like empathy and sympathy, like, Hey, regardless of what we've been through, we still have to have that for other people because what they're going through is internal and it's their own struggle. Um, and I, and like very, it feels like really inspiring that like, you seem like so happy and so, um, like I, it's almost like one of those things where like someone gets in a terrible accident and then they get to live the life that they wanted, that they actually had meant to be living that they necessarily weren't living before. What would you want people to take away? Like if, if, you know, people all over were to hear your story, it's like, what do you want them to like do with their lives? So they don't have to, you know, break their back to like make a change. I think the most important um, for people to kind of just learn in life in general is just like, to realize how strong that they can be. And it's all a mentality thing, right? So you have the choice and it's all about your choice. Like, I don't like when people like want to blame other people or like, oh, because this person did this, like it affects me. It's like, no, you have the choice. Like everybody has a choice in their life and they have the mentality to change their life, you know? So if you believe something and if you want something bad enough, 
you absolutely can do it. Whether that applies to your professional life, whether it applies to your personal life, any part of your life, you need to learn that you can only control what you can control. And your mindset is everything. Like how you deal with it and your mindset going about it or going into a situation or coming out of a bad situation is all up to you and you're in control of it. I think too many people like to place blame and not take accountability for their thoughts and their actions. Um, And I think that that is something that people need to realize is like your, yes, there's a lot you can't control, but the thing you can is your mind and how you, you know, format it and how in your mind you deal with it and how you're going to react to it, staying positive or being negative. It's your choice. So I'm like super upset with my, my, uh, my (laughs) panel of judges. I think they really blew it by not having you be in the finals. Um, everything happens for a reason, you know, right. You know, like, I mean, like who knows, right. Like it doesn't, uh, but, um, and, and right. Everybody, uh, this told Tulum thing was all like off a questionnaire. Right. And so it's not a, it's not a real reflection of you or anyone else that didn't, it's like what, whatever stood out to them on those things, you know, but, uh, I'm like, just impressed. I think, um, I love your attitude on life. I love your, like just your energy and your, you know, your, your willingness to own your life, to take responsibility. Um, and also to like notice where you have to grow still like, Hey, there's still room for me to grow in these areas that I wouldn't have even realized if I hadn't been through this. Um, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for, thanks for applying to this Tulum adventure. So we got to meet, um, I feel like regardless of whatever happens, like now we know each other, um, and who knows what the future holds, but like, I'm just, I'm really glad that I got to meet you, that I got to hear this story from you, be totally inspired health is something that like really freaks me out, like that we could have a health issue and our life could be turned upside down. So um, I think also hearing from somebody, you know, I grew up, I don't know how much I've talked about this on the podcast, but I grew up in a family that like looks were really important. You like walked in a room and my grandparents would be like, oh, you lost weight, you gained weight, you cut your hair, you shaved. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And you know, if you, if I don't know that my parents would like that, I'm going to say this, but if you're watching TV with my parents, they're great. I love my parents. And like, an actor or actress comes on the screen, the first thing they say is like, oh, they've had work done, they lost weight, like it's always visual. And so as a little kid that grew up in that world, you know, not understanding, like visual became so important to me in my subconscious. And that a lot of the work I do for myself is to understand that like, hey, I'm, I'm not only am I more than what I look like, but so is everyone else. And it's just rewriting a narrative, right? Like changing a story that got put in my head since I was a little kid. And I think the idea of like breaking your back or having something really go wrong with your health is terrifying inside of that narrative, because if you take away your looks or your body or, you know, your that those things, then like in from my narrative, that old narrative, it's like, what are you worth? Because your mind, my mind didn't get appreciation when I was a kid, or at least I shouldn't say that. I didn't think it got appreciation when I was a kid, right? Like, um, so it is really scary to, to see someone who's you know, young and beautiful and like could also think those things, right? Like, I'm sure you have value that you related to or have related to in your looks, but then realize like, hey, like you were still over to overcome this thing that could have taken everything away from you is really inspiring. Yeah, well, thank you. I definitely think looks are something that it fueled me my entire life because I have always like had that stigma of like, oh, you're just pretty. 
Like it's, it's not like you have any substance to you or you're, you have a smart mind. I even had a professor one time who was like, I gave him a paper and he's like, wow, like your writing is much better than you appear. And I was like, oh, okay. Like what? And even like through my Instagram, right? So it looks like I just like look great in bikinis and work out great. But like, it's because I'm confident. Like I worked so hard to get my body back and where it was. And I like fashion. I like dressing up. I like aesthetics, like aesthetic stuff to me, just like home design, all that stuff to me is amazing and fun. And I like it which is why I show on my Instagram, like my outfits and my cute things and my fun times. But there's so much more to a person than what meets the eye. And I think a lot of people forget that, or they like think that I'm intimidating a lot. So I don't get approached or like, it's, it's been a struggle to um, really like, especially in dating, just like talking to someone or finding people who aren't like intimidated by me or aren't are very insecure because of my looks or other things when there's so much more to me and there's so much more substance if people just talk to me like I'm very friendly and I really like I I feel like I come off one way and even my friends are like you get such a bad rap like you just need to change your Instagram like but why like to change who I am and my person like I like showing like my outfits and my body like someone should want to get to know me for both sides of me not just one side you know Yeah. And I mean, this story is a huge part of you. I kind of hope that aside from all of those things, like I kind of hope that you share this story more. Um, I know you told me when, you know, you've only really shared it with your friends, but I don't know. I think our, like our most vulnerable moments, our most challenging moments are really the moments that make us really special and can make the impact, right? Like with other people. So I I do hope that you share this more. Um, You speak about it really well. You're great at sharing it. And, um, can we, do you want people to know if they're listening? Like you just told people, if they go to your Instagram, you look great <laughs> in bikinis. So I'm like, some listeners might be like, Oh, I want to check. Do you want do you want us to put your Instagram or? Sure. Yeah. Okay. You can go ahead and link my Instagram. I'm not like a Insta model. I don't have a lot of followers, but it's for me, not for yeah. the Insta we'll, famous. So we'll put, we'll put your, uh, your, your, in the show notes and, um, thank you. Uh, funny thing too, you titled this like resilience. I always say to my friends, like one day I'm going to do a Ted talk and it's going to be about resilience. Like that's the whole basis mm-hmm. for the Ted talk that one day I will do eventually when I get up the nerve to do so. Well, I might, I, maybe I can help you with that, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's probably a lot easier than you think you already have like the story. You don't have to make something up. You have a really great story. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for being here. Thanks for applying to Tulum so we could get at least just to hear. Um, And just thanks for coming on here and being vulnerable, not just with the story, but like that this is not what you usually do. And I hope that people take something from this. Um, Listeners, if you got something from this, which if you didn't, you weren't paying attention. uh, And who do you know that needs to hear this? I say this every week, but like, who's someone in your life, a friend, family member that like could use this story that could be inspired? Um, please share it with like one person and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason.
because your dreams don't build themselves.